The scripture for today is Jeremiah 18, verses 1 to 11. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. But if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. And at another moment I may declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it. But if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will change my mind about the good that I had intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord, look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Turn now, all of you, from your evil way and amend your ways and your doings. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Today is the second Sunday of our sermon series, Caring for God's Creation. After enduring several stormy nights last week, we have finally blessed with this beautiful weather. We feel the fall breezing every morning and we see the sunny sky and blue sky. I feel so blessed. So if we have time, when you go out uh, after the service, give thanks to God for granting us this beautiful season. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this beautiful four season and your loving presence with us this morning. Lord, fill our hearts with your grace and love. Open our hearts and minds so that your message may touch us, inspire us, and be your source of hope, enlightenment, drawing us closer to you. In, in your holy name we pray, amen. Have we ever made pottery? I always wanted to try with my hands a pottery, but I haven't got a chance to do it. But my mother-in-law, she has taken some pottery classes. And she has displayed some of her clay creation at her house. One time she made a cell phone holder, and one time she made the uh, beautiful flower vases with different design. And all the time, she created a plate for holding Korean pancakes. 
Curious about her passion for pottery, I called her last week and asked her why she enjoyed it so much. And my mommy-in-law explained that, unlike other forms of artwork, pottery offers multiple opportunities for a fresh start. She's sure that every time she starts anew with clay, it fills her with hope and potential to create something truly great. Today's scripture reading for Jeremiah illustrates our relationship with God with imagery of potter and clay. It says, our God is the potter and we are the clay. God asked Jeremiah to visit the potter's house and witness the creative process as the potter skillfully sheet clay on his potter's will. Jeremiah observed how the potter effortlessly reshaped the clay they didn't initially turn out well, fashioning it into something good out of the same clay. Through this illustration, God reminded Jeremiah of who our God is, who is the ultimate potter, the cre creator, and we are the clay, integral parts of God's creation. God demonstrated Jeremiah his sovereignty over all creation, just as a potter can reshape filled clay to make it right. However, in verse 8, we see God also extended one more chance to his people, his wicked people, to turn back because God loved them so much. Let me read the verse eight for you. God says to Jeremiah, if that nation I warned turns from its evil, then I will relent and not carry out the harm that I intended for it. So before this passage, Jeremiah, since his job as a prophet, he's been delivered the message, the warning message to the people of Judah. The message was that your nation are so wicked in God's hands, God's eyes, and God will hand over you to the hands of Babylon. So repent and come back to the Lord. But unfortunately, whenever Jeremiah came outside and delivered this message, people treat him as false prophet. And then they close their eyes and their minds, and they didn't listen to it. 
So God made his mind, unfortunately, to hand over this nation to the hands of Babylon. But God wanted to give them one more chance to come back. So God gave this vision to Jeremiah. So from this saying, what God says to Jeremiah, it implies that God's true intention is not to destroy the nation and his people, although he is capable, but rather to lead them to recognize their wrongdoings, repent, and return back to God. As I reflected on the image of God as a potter, and we are the clay, and also God's love for his wicked people, it reminds me of the creation story that written in Genesis 1 and 2. If you are not aware, actually there are two different versions of creation story in Genesis. The chapter one is what we all learn in Sunday school. God created light on the first day, followed by the earth and heaven, and then other living creatures got created day by day. The second creation account begins in chapter two, which you are also familiar with. In this story, it tells us that how God created Adam and Eve. The creation order is slightly different from the first one, but both accounts gives us an idea of how much God loves us and the depth of our, our relationship with God and with God's creation. According to Genesis 1, after God created the earth and heaven and all living things on it, God proclaimed his intention to create humanity in God's image. And verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make humanity in our image according to uh, resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, the livestock, or the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. And then in verse 2, God created humanity in God's image as God intended. What does it mean to be created in God's image? It's hard, right? <laughs> so John Wesley, our founder of Methodism, in his sermon, New Birth, The New Birth, John Wesley talked about three things to show how we are made in God's image. Firstly, he says we have a natural image, which means we are spiritual and we can make choices. Secondly, we have a political image, which means we take care of the world and we have a relationship with others.
Thirdly, we have a mortal image, which means we are meant to be good and meant to do what's right. So being created in God's image means that we are designed to think like God, act like God, and love like God. Being created in God's image does not mean that we are supposed to be God, but we are like God. In Genesis chapter 2, 7 says, God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And God planted a garden in Eden. Again, from the ground, God made trees, plants, and flowers. And then God asked man to till and keep it. In verse 19, he says, again, out of the ground, the same material that God used to make the first human, God created birds, animals, and all living creatures because God saw it was not good for man to be alone. God's acts of forming the first human and other living creatures from the ground reminds us of our deep connection with God and also with God's creation. As the Bible has shown to us, human originated from the same substance as all of God's creation. We are not fundamentally different from birds, animals, or trees when we look at the material that we were made. However, what makes us different and special is that we are made in God's image. That is the only thing that makes us different and unique and special. And God, God designs us to act like God, love like God, and take care of God's creation with God's love. However, when we observe our behavior and our actions, sometimes we fail. And sometimes we act like God, unfortunately. I mean, and then we treat our, our creation, our nature, not in a good way, but we abuse them. We take it for granted. So by inviting us to visit a potter's house through Jeremiah, God wanted the people of Judah 
and us to understand who we truly are and who our God is. Just like the clay on the potter's will, our life and death is in God's hands. God has the power to crush, reshape, and remold us if we do not meet his standards. However, God does not wish to impose this upon us because God loves us. God respects us, having shared his own image with us. Instead, God patiently waits for us to return and realign with him to live, act, and love as God originally intended. It is, true, uh, it is through this process that God can once again declare, it is good through his creation. I want to close my sermon with the mention of this ancient pottery oil lamp. It looks like this. So on Friday morning, I just put the, the piece of paper here to, to show you um, uh, the Asian people use this lamp. They put the oil in here, and then they put the, uh, the wick here so that it has the light here. So on last Friday morning, Reverend Pam stopped by my office and they showed me this remarkable Asian pottery, oil lamp made from clay. She said that she got this lamp as a present on her ordination day and she felt it made sense to show it to me because today's, yeah, I'm, I was supposed to talking about the potter, God as a potter, and we are the clay. So I did some research about this lamp. According to online source, these types of clay lamps first appeared during the Bronze Age and were, uh, were widely used throughout the Roman Empire. Initially, they took the form of a saucer with a flooring wick, looks like this. However, they later evolved to feature a pinched and forward rim, which is, looks like this, resulting in a nozzle that held the wick in place, thus controlling the flame and minimizing smoke. Over time, these clay lamps became more enclosed, looks like this, even incorporating the addition of a rim. These changes were made to reduce the amount of oil lost through spillage. This humble oil lamp may appear outdated to our 21st century eyes, especially in a world filled with high technology and instant lighting with a flick of a switch. However, this party oil lamp serves 
as a reminder that God calls us to evolve and become better versions of ourselves. As God intended us to be. In doing so, we are effectively able to fulfill our role as God's stewards, responsible for tending to and caring for God's creation and continually shining God's lights without wasting his oil. Amen.